Welcome to the library. I'm Miss Francois. There are a few things common across all cultures. Storytelling is one of them. A good story can teach you something new, make you sad, make you feel joyful, or scare you. Arthur Chen's short story, Going, Going, Gone, is a mirror on middle school life. As you listen, see if there's anything you can relate to. My name is Arthur Chen, and I'm going to read my seventh grade story, Going, Going, Gone. She could have called on anyone. Sid had his hand raised. Andrew had his hand raised. Even Mark Damon, who usually has his hand in his nose digging for gold, had his hand raised. But guess who she called on? Max, Mrs. Boggs barked. Everyone turned to me. Max Baker, the champion of table football the holder of most attentions, and the absolute worst student at Thomas Jefferson Middle School. I was staring at the ceiling, my mouth dry as sawdust, when Mrs. Boggs told me to do problem number seven on the whiteboard. Who, me? I asked nervously. Yes, you, Mrs. Boggs said, rolling her eyes. Who else could I be calling on? Everyone else that has their hand raised, I thought to myself. I trudged my way to the board, the variables in two-step equations hanging ominously on the board. Algebra 1 was my absolute worst subject. English came in a close second, mostly because all we do in class is listen to Mr. Isaiah rant about how he can't walk without a walking stick. You can't blame the guy. He's so old, even his wrinkles have wrinkles. Anyway, I was at the board, staring blankly at the polynomials, beads of sweat forming on my forehead. This is it, I thought to myself. This is where I get a big fat F on the math section on my report card, for the third time. I turned my head to see if I had some support from Mrs. Boggs, but I knew all she would do was send me back to my desk. My fate was sealed. I would go home disappointed. My parents would ask me about my day, and I would tell them it was great, when it wasn't. But before when I sat down, there was a new teacher at the board. Is Mrs. Boggs at a meeting? I whispered to my best friend, Aaron. Who's Mrs. Boggs? He whispered back. I looked at him like he was crazy, and he shot the same look back at me. Are you dumb? Are you okay, Max? He replied, I haven't met anyone called Mrs. Boggs in my life. At the time, I let it slide. But as I looked around, everyone seemed completely normal with a stranger in the classroom. The more I looked around, the more I panicked. Am I delusional? As the bell rang, I asked around the hallway, hoping that someone knew Mrs. Boggs as our algebra teacher. But everyone had the same exact response. There's never been a Mrs. Boggs ever in the history of Thomas Jefferson Middle School. As I walked home, I couldn't stop thinking about today. How come everyone thought that Mrs. Boggs had never existed? Was I going crazy? No, I couldn't be. Mrs. Boggs has been the worst teacher imaginable for me. But that doesn't mean it didn't exist. All the things she's done to me have felt so real. Like when she gave me a detention that time I hit Mark Damon with a tennis ball when he started making fun of my pink t-shirt. I had to figure out what was going on, and fast. As I arrived at my tiny apartment, I stopped my hand from opening the door. What would I see in there? 
Would mom and dad be replaced with new people? Would my apartment look different? As I closed my eyes and took a deep breath, the door opened. Max, what are you doing? Mom said. Is there something wrong? I opened my eyes to see my mom, my real mom, standing at the door, looking at me like I have four eyes. I breathed a huge sigh of relief as I entered the apartment. Nothing, mom, I said, smiling. Nothing's wrong. Good, she said, now smiling too. I'm going to fix dinner. You get started on your homework. As usual, I stopped to see if my dad was home yet. He wasn't, which I thought was strange. Dad was someone who was never late for anything, and yet here we were. I entered my room to see Spot lying on his bed, sad as can be. When he saw me, his ears perked up, and he ran towards me, wagging his tail and running circles around me. Easy, boy, I laughed as he started to yap and bark furiously. We had gone Spot on my 11th birthday, and he was the coolest dog ever, even when Dad first opened his cage. But something was wrong. We had named him Spot because I had a spot close to his left eye. But this time, the spot was closer to his right eye. I backed away from the spot, really confused. The dog was still as giddy as he was when I entered, and he acted no differently than Spot would. But I knew the dog in my room wasn't Spot. I told Mom that I was going to bed early, and that I wasn't feeling well. But I made your favorite dish, she said, barbecue ribs with coleslaw. I'm not that hungry, I replied. Save that for Dad. I know he loves his ribs. I woke up the next day to mom at the dining table, tears in her eyes. Your dad still hasn't come home yet, she said, sniffing. I couldn't believe it. Dad is never home late, and mom knows it. That's when a chill went down my spine. What if dad was replaced? I hadn't told mom about the whole situation yet, and I didn't plan to for a while. Before I knew it, I was dashing out the door, running down the stairs, and sprinting toward the exit door. As I went outside, entire houses were disappearing before my very eyes, and people started to transform. New faces swarmed the streets, and new houses were appearing in place of those who had disappeared. I ran to school, turning left on what used to be Acorn Lane, to see the entire school transformed into a completely different building. As I went inside, everyone turned to look at me. I was drenched in sweat and hyperventilating. Suddenly. I felt a sharp pain in my head as I thudded to the ground. I looked down, and I saw myself breaking apart from the torso. I screamed for help, but it seemed like everyone couldn't hear me. People around me were chanting my name, and something else I couldn't make out, and before I knew it, I was gone. I woke up in a cold sweat, panting and breathing heavily. I threw my sheets to the floor, checking if my torso was still intact. I breathed a huge sigh of relief. It was just a dream. It was just a dream. Spot woke up to the noise and jumped on my bed to comfort me. I checked to see if his spot is in the right area, and sure enough, it is. I look at my watch. 1 a.m. I flop on my bed, confused and very tired. Why did I have a dream about this, about my life crumbling apart? There had to be a reason for all of this. Right as I sit down on my chair, I remember that I have a history essay due today, and I have to study for my Algebra 1 test. I open my computer again, and I get to work, until the sun rises, and until Dad calls me to breakfast before I'm late for school. Something's never changed, huh? Max, are you coming down? Dad asked. I am, Dad, I said. As I finished breakfast, I ran to the door, walked down the stairs, and exited through the apartment door. The fresh winter breeze slams into me like a semi-truck. 
but I keep walking. I don't let it knock me down. This has been the Library Podcast. A special thank you to our student contributor, Arthur Chen, and our faculty advisor, Carla Dash. The executive producers of the library are Blodine Francois and Emmett Knox. It's not up to you.